0: for episode 28 of Parkrun Adventurers. As I realised on Saturday I often forget to tell people who I am. I'm Mel. I'm joined by my co-host Scott and we are the artists presently known as the Parkrun Adventurers. Welcome to the podcast Scotty. Thank you Mel. Big weekend? Adventures? Abounding?
1: Parkrun adventures? Not really. Other adventures? I'm a little bit sore. I'm a little bit sorry. I unfortunately joined the Stack Club on Sunday.
0: There's no unfortunate about that. Stack Club is it's a badge of honour.
1: I'm a bit sore. That's the only problem. So <laughs> there's negatives and there's positives. But I'm really focused on the negative at the moment.
0: The high price of entry. Yeah. You're f- <laughs> and how did we manage this um, event?
1: Uh trail run on Sunday and it's really good trail run because it's like ten minutes from where I live. So you know how sometimes when you enter a race this this is maybe more for big city folk like me, but the ordeal of getting up really early, driving into the city, finding a car park, fighting all the masses of runners can sometimes, you know, spoil the experience of entering a big fun run. But when the event is 10 minutes from home, you actually get a sleep in on a Sunday. It's a great thing. But then it's spoiled by the fact that you fall over 2k into the race. Really hurt your hip. And try and finish the next 15k. Which I didn't do. So I had to DNF for the first time ever.
0: Wow. Welcome to the DNF club too then. Yeah. So... so- Two kilometres in, what did you trip over? Your feet? A Your, uh, stick?
1: No, it was just slippery. I was coming down a hill and I'm just not as agile on my feet as I once was. So over I went. And I thought I was alright. I thought I bounced up, tried to act pretty cool. And about 10, 20 minutes later, I had this sharp, piercing pain going right through my hip. And I, I enjoyed that pain for the next hour as I tried to push through.
0: So how far did you get before you DNF'd? Eleven and a half. Oh, I don't know if that's worse or better.
1: It was because my leg had gone completely dead, so I was sort of dragging it, and I, I was quite happy to probably drag it for the rest of the race, which was seventeen k. But the problem was I kept tripping on all the rocks, and so after my third almost stack i thought no i can put up with the immense pain but i can't put put up with the embarrassment of falling over again so i'm out it happens hope your weekend of adventures was better than that
0: well i didn't i I joined the stack club a long time ago and and i did it much less ceremoniously than you I, i was literally just walking and that's why i my feet both of them slid out in front of me and I went smack down on my bum and got a bruise the size of a grapefruit right on my left butt cheek which was just awesome, turned all sorts of delicate colours over the next week after that, couldn't sit down very comfortably but I was walking, that's that's where the embarrassing part comes in because if I'd been running it never would have happened um, and that was out on the Nambour Park Run course, I was navigating the twins and yeah So, but that was a long time ago, and and my first DNF was a long time ago as well, so I've nursed those pains over a long period of time. This weekend, I didn't get up to too much super exciting. I had a little bit of an adventure to my home park run with my dogs, because we had um, lots of dogs, actually, at Kiwana this weekend, which was great. All the, all the usual suspects and some new park runners bringing their new dogs along so our dogs had a great time they slept very very well for the rest of the day but apart from that I think the most exciting thing that I did all weekend was I purchased some new shoes online some new running shoes and it was a little bit scary because they're a type of shoe that I don't own So I'm not 100% sure they're going to fit. And I got three pairs of them. And I don't know what styles they are because it was a lucky dip.
1: Wow. I didn't know that existed.
0: I didn't know that existed until I was online on the weekend looking at shoes. Uh, One of our local running clubs on the coast somebody mentioned in a forum hey these guys are having an end of financial year sale you can get some really cheap trail shoes online and so I went and I've been really really wanting some of those and I'm going to pronounce this wrong it's either Vibram or Vibram one of those things but you know those five finger toe shoes where there's an individual place for individual toes you would have seen them around they're minimalist shoes yep So I've been wanting a pair of those for ages but they're very expensive RRP and I thought oh well I'll go check it out and as it turns out little feet people win again because I have small feet and apparently they don't sell a lot of shoes in my sizes so one of the deals that they have on this website is three pairs of shoes for $99 and it's just because it's a lucky lucky dip and they'll send you three different styles. And they guarantee the the sale value is at least $200 and the sale value is like 50% off. So I'm thinking the shoes are worth a lot more. I don't care that they're not this current season shoes because they're all still brand new shoes that have never been worn. They're just for little people feet. And yeah, so now I'm excitingly waiting for the post every day for my new cloven hooved feet to arrive.
1: Very exciting. What brand are they called again?
0: Vibram. Vibram.
1: You sure that's One of right? Those.
0: No. Well, no, I'm sure that's the brand, but I'm not sure that's how you pronounce it.
1: I hope they don't have any Warhope styles.
0: <laughs> Warhope? Don't you mean Warchoppy?
1: Choppy. U Choppy? Warhope. Since when was the U C or the C?
0: The AUC, no, it is, oh, it's AUC, isn't it? It must, yeah, C is silent and it makes a uh, noise, apparently.
1: So we do apologise to the people of Warhope. Hope.
0: It makes perfect sense now that we've had it explained to us by several different listeners, one of whom was my mother, who called my auntie to check.
1: Oh, hi, Mills' mum.
0: <laughs> I would like to say hi to Scotty's mum. Because if I understand correctly, you've been listening since episode one. So well done, you, for sticking with us all this time.
1: She's my biggest fan. Hi, Mum. A couple of weeks ago, we were lucky enough to have Brendan Davies on the podcast. And he mentioned his favourite park run. Was Penrith, Penrith Lakes. So we thought it was time we ventured out to Penrith and had Shelley Coots on the program. Welcome to the podcast, Shelley.
2: Hi, thanks. Nice to nice to speak to you guys.
1: Penrith has been going for two years. Has it been a fun two years so far?
2: Yeah, it has. It's been awesome. Um, we've had, you know, we get now we get two to three hundred park runners a week and about sixteen volunteers. So it's it's, it's become quite. A decent size event, and I just get to see so many people um, who have. I suppose, like all other park runs, you know, um, people get PBs week after week, whole families participating. We actually have a, a group of dedicated. Hearing impaired park runners, um, which is pretty cool at our event. They run and volunteer quite regularly, and and we often have a, an Auslan interpreter volunteering as well. So,
1: tell tell us more about the hearing impaired runners and the Auslan volunteer. What does that involve?
2: So, um, we originally had. Um, to, two two parkrunners who joined us, um, who were hearing impaired, they started quite near the beginning of our event, and they started coming, husband and wife. Then they started inviting um, people in their in their friendship circles. So now we have probably six six regulars, and a few more come along every now and then. It's really great because prior to parkrun, I haven't had hearing impaired people in my, in my circle, so it, it's sort of good to, to be more inclusive. We had, um, I had to ask some advice from other um, run directors to find out, you know, how I can include them in the event and um, I found out that, you know, hearing impaired parkrunners can do any, any position and they certainly do at our event. They probably volunteer at least, you know, a couple of times a month which is which is pretty cool and um, one of the daughters of one of our hearing impaired park runners um, quite often interprets for us in Auslan so I remember the first time we had an Auslan interpreter it was pretty exciting and now our, um, our deaf park runners were very pleased to, to see that we were including them in this way.
0: That's fantastic. Auslan is one of the top three languages that I would like to learn. Yeah, me too. That's always been on my list. I just need to work on my dexterity, I think, because I probably stuff up all the words with my hands. I'm used to doing it with my tongue, and I'm sure my hands would do the same thing.
2: Oh well, we like to clap a lot, as they as they would, which is kind of waving with both hands at the same time. That's nice. Yeah, and we've had um two of them being park runners of the month too. Sounds like you've got a fabulous
0: community going on there, Shelley. Can you tell us about your course? In fact, I understand you have multiple courses for um, a particular reason. Can you
2: explain that to us? Um, yes, we've got three different courses. We our park runs at the Sydney International Regatta Centre, which is where the um, rowing was for the Sydney Olympics, um, and they have a lot of events on there. So we have three different courses to fit in with um, whatever event is on. So our first course is is simply a lap of the lake, which is just short of five k's, but we make it five. And then if that is not available due to another event is on, we've got two alternate courses. One of those has been a cross-country course. It's a two-lap cross-country course, um, which... That's not the favourite by some of our park runners, and it is the favourite by some of our other park runners. So, we have those park runners that love to come no matter what course we're on, and we have other park runners that have a, a favourite course that they like to do.
0: All well, sounds like more of an adventure to me.
2: Yeah, well, it's like having three park runs in one. Which one are we going to do this week? <laughs> um, we do have our roster on our Facebook page so people know what course is coming up. So,
1: do you know? Which is the most popular one? Do the numbers suggest more people show up when it's the lack of – uh,
2: Yeah, the, actually the most common one is our um, – seems to be our second course, which is um, what we call our Southern Bank course. And the reason why we get good feedback on that course is, uh, well, firstly, it's all on paths. Um, a lot of runners like to be on paths and it also gets um, more pram, pram park runners. And it's, it's, a sort of, it's a bit more of an up and back course, so it's much more social. You get to see everybody going past you, whereas a lap of the lake, you can sort of see, if you're at the back of the pack, you can sort of see everybody in the distance, whereas this Southern Bank course, you get to see everybody as they go past, so it's much more social.
1: It wasn't all happy times for you recently. You had a bit of drama with course access and the threat to shut you down. Luckily, that didn't happen. But what, what did no. that
2: do? <laughs> so back in March, which seems like a while ago, but it's not really, I suppose, um, we were told that we could no longer use our normal access gate. Unfortunately, the driveway that we were using to get to that gate, about 30 metres of land, was owned by a private business. And after 20 years of the Regatta Center using that driveway, they decided that they didn't want to let them use it anymore. So that affected um, not only Parkrun, but other users of of that area. Unfortunately, the car park that we used was just inside that gate and without being able to to access it, it meant that we could no longer use the car park for Parkrun. The car park fitted um, about 300 cars. So, you know, it was a pretty good space for us to park. Luckily, the regatta centre were very supportive and they gave us an immediate alternative solution um, while we tried to talk with those landowners and to come up with some sort of um, more permanent alternative solution. <laughs> Luckily, um, one of our passionate park runners contacted Stuart Ayres, who's the Minister for Sport via Facebook, and we had a quite a big response from park runners um, on this Facebook post. And then the issue just escalated from there and, and exploded in our local area. Because we then had um, a couple of other passionate park runners contact the local media, and we ended up being front page on one of our local papers. And then another one made contact with the local council. The council immediately took us to their um, council meeting, and they classified us as a high priority and started to help find us a new location. We were almost about to make the decision to move from the regatta centre because it didn't seem to be a a suitable alternative solution at the regatta centre, so we were looking elsewhere. And I suppose on the eve of making the decision, the regatta centre sent me a text message and said, we have a solution if you want to give me a call. So I couldn't think of anything else, so I rang them back straight away and they explained to us that the solution the temporary, what we thought would be a temporary solution, um, with a few tweaks, actually was working for them. So we're able to stay at the Regatta Centre with a few a few things we need to measure our courses again because they're starting from a different location. But but we can stay at the Regatta Centre, which was um, a massive relief. And you know the the Regatta Centre is you know it's so beautiful and it's such an iconic location. Um, you know being the where the Olympic Rowing was, so we're pretty pretty pleased to be staying in that location. The other good thing that that happened out of that issue is that we got a bit closer with the with Penrith City Council, and they're still willing to consider a second Penrith Parkrun in the area. So we're moving towards trying to arrange that. Um, so there's a team of, of volunteers who have put their hands up to try and get that started, and and I'm helping them out however I can. We're finalists in a in a competition to get the start up funds um, for the second park run, um, and it's a it's a. You can vote daily for it. And at the end of week three, we were still in the top two. So as long as we can keep our position up until the 15th of July, we'll, we'll be able to um, have that money donated to us.
0: Wow, there's not a lot of people who can lay claim to turning a very stressful, challenging situation into double the park runs in their area. Well done, Shelley. Thank you. You're the founding ED there and... How did you get involved in parkrun in the first place? Were you already parkrunning somewhere else first or?
2: No, I'd, I'd never heard of parkrun before I decided to become an event director. In in 2013, um, I ran a marathon. It took me nine months of training to get that far and I had so much support during that time. So I had, you know, parents looking after my children. I had my husband that was happy for me to go on long runs. I had my coach. Um, I had my friends. Everyone was really supportive. And after doing that, I sort of wanted to pay it forward a bit. So, uh, you know, I put it out to the world that I was looking for something to do. And a friend, Narelle from Augustine Heights Park Run, suggested that I started a park run in Penrith. Prior to that, I hadn't heard of what a park run was, but I thought it sounded all right and then took myself off to, to Parramatta Park Run, which at the time was my closest park run, and decided that, yeah, I was in. And then after that, as soon as I put my hand up to do it, um, I had a lot of people put their hand up to help me. So that was pretty cool. And then, yeah, so now I've I checked it out today. I've volunteered now 77 times. I'm almost up to my 50th park run. I plan to run my 50th on the 30th of July, which also happens to correspond with Penrith Lakes Park Run's 100th event. So that's pretty special to me. Well done
1: (laughs) on all of that.
2: Thanks. You also
1: like an adventure? We checked out your stats too. You visited a few other park runs. Have you got a favourite amongst all those adventures?
0: Or a top three?
2: <laughs> Take the pressure off. Top three.
0: Not including your own park run.
2: Oh, no, of course, my own park run's number one. But um, <laughs> I suppose international park runs are exciting. So we went to um, Hagley Park Run at Christmas time. So my husband's family are from Christchurch. So I got to go there twice over Christmas. It was pretty cool. Campbelltown has my PB. So I really like to, to go to Campbelltown when I can. And Albert, Albert Park. In Melbourne was one of my first um, park runs as well. So um, one day for our wedding anniversary, right when I just after I told my husband that I'm going to do this crazy park run thing, it was our wedding anniversary, and he surprised me with a trip to Melbourne and a visit to um, Albert Park park run. So that was pretty cool too.
0: It's always great to have your family on board with park run adventures. Nice work, Shelley's husband. <laughs> Can you tell him that because
2: he thinks oh, I spend too much time at Parkrun? <laughs>
0: <laughs> they all say that, but they don't mean it. I'm sure they don't mean it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, he started to come now too, so that's great. Because my kids have been coming ever since the start, so now he's coming a bit more often as well. So that's pretty cool to be able to share it with him. Awesome. Well, Shelley,
0: thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest and learning about all your courses at Penrith. We look forward to visiting you there sometime
2: soon. That would be great.
0: Our next guests on the podcast come from the Run Beyond Project. We're very proud to have Dave Criniti and Amanda Shannon join us. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks Hi. for having us. Now, I hope I pronounced your surname correctly there, Dave. I took a punt.
3: Criniti, <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> close, very close. So guys, tell us about the project.
3: Yeah, so it, it only started last year. Uh, it started at Chester Hill High School and uh, similar to, to park run, you know, it was just a, a one event kind of thing to, to start with. And I, I had this idea that I wanted to take a group of students um, and, and teach them about these skills of goal setting and commitment and resilience and, and use running as, as a medium for doing that. Uh, and, and actually to, to sort of step back a bit, I guess – One of the things that kind of got it in my head to do this was uh, uh, a bit further back at the end of 2013, I remember having a staff meeting at school and the principal came in and said, oh, this group uh, are coming to school next year, they're called the Helmsman Project and they're going to... Uh, lead the kids on a program and, and it was a similar sort of thing teaching you know teamwork and resilience and they're going to take the kids on a sailing trip for, for five days and and he said we just need a staff mem- member to go on on this sailing trip and just supervise And I thought oh cool you know I'm, I'm qu- more than happy to um, go on a sailboat for a week and get paid for it <laughs> so so I did that and and the kids had a great time and they learnt so much that they wouldn't in the classroom ordinarily and they were taking the, the helm of the boat and, you know, taking it in turns, uh, telling each other to hoist the sail and, and do what, whatever was required to get the, port, the boat from, or the yacht, I should say, from uh, point A to point B. And I thought that was a really cool experience. And since I love running so much, it would just be awesome to be able to do a similar thing utilising running. Uh, as, as the medium rather than than sailing and and so yeah I guess part of the idea came from that.
0: You're on your second intake of students at the moment Dave and I understand you're going to be recruiting your third intake uh, very shortly. What's the selection process like? How how do you get it out there? Where where do you find the kids?
3: <laughs> okay so the, the kids are in in the schools that, that we're teaching at. So the program is implemented by teachers. Uh, as I said, last year it was just the kids at my school, at Chester Hill High School. And and then this year, uh, Amanda, who is in my running club, the Sydney Striders, sort of contacted me through the Facebook page and said, hey, you know, can I get on board? And and so it was the the, the teachers, you know, Amanda and I have, have selected our own students based on our perceived need, uh you know, our perceptions of, of student needs and capabilities and, and whatnot. Uh, and, and the same thing with, with Mel Shaw who's um, currently uh, in the process of selecting or has just selected some students from her high school and they'll be kicking off next term.
0: Do the kids get an opportunity to, you know, obviously once they hear about it or they see other students go through and they might spark that interest, do they get an opportunity to apply as such?
4: Um, well, yeah, actually, I mean, with, with my particular cohort of um, girls that um, I'm taking through the program at the moment, um, I selected them after sort of scoping them out at cross-country and seeing which kids would, um, would be able to achieve the goal race of the 10 kilometres, and the project popularity has grown exponentially since then, and I've got quite a number of students who would like to participate in the project um, when I run it again next year. So I'm going to actually um, kick off a bit of a run club when the project concludes so that I can keep the interest high and and hopefully get a bigger group of kids, both male and female, uh, ready for the project next year. But, yeah, I mean, it's the, the kids are really, really excited about it and they're celebrating the girls' success quite well and, yeah.
1: Have you had any students who you've selected who didn't want to be, take part
3: um. <laughs> yeah there's, there's, a, there's a little bit of, of uh, I think Amanda and I have probably had one student each who was sort of more more challenging than than the rest of them uh, and and more challenged by by the program um, but I guess you know that that was the cool thing that we're reiterating to all the kids you know it's not about the running it's it's using the running as a mechanism to teach all these skills about goal setting and resilience. And, and I said to the kids when we were down in Tasmania this year, uh, very nervous the the day before their half marathon, And I said, guys, you know, tomorrow it might hurt and you might decide at the end of it, I never want to run again. And I said, I hope you don't, but on the other hand, even if you do, I hope you learn that you're able to set goals that you think are hard and you're able to uh, commit to those goals and you're able to show the resilience to um, to overcome the obstacles that, that get in your path on the way, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, there, there is a little... There, there was some reluctance by, you know, a small minority, but uh, on the other hand, if that can... Uh, lead to the development of these skills um, that stand them in good stead throughout their lives, then, then that's a worthwhile thing, I reckon.
4: I do have one particular student who's not taken to it as as best as she could, but um, that hasn't changed her commitment to the program. She's she Her attendance to all the training sessions is at 100%, and she seems to really enjoy the more social um, dynamic of the group, so she's She's got a real sense of belonging with the rest of the girls and I think fundamentally even if she doesn't continue with the running, she's got that on her side at the end of it. So again, it's it's about these other skills that we're teaching using that metaphor of running.
0: My next question was actually going to be, do you run the training sessions outside of school hours or or do you get to do it during school? How does that all work and what kind of commitment time-wise do you uh, expect from the kids every week?
4: <laughs> um for my training programme, we we have an official training session after school on Wednesdays um from three till four. And that's we've slowly developed, um, we've sort of built that up kilometre by kilometre each week. So the girls have currently completed an eight K training run and this Wednesday in the school holidays I'll be taking them to Bondi so we can complete the um the nine kilometre training run along Bondi to almost to Coogee and back. Um, and they also committed to another cross training session, which was originally during school, but we've moved that to um, three to four pm every Friday afternoon. And then there's also the interim races that they've completed in the process. So that's um, the park runs that we've done, and we also started off with a five kilometre race with Sydney Marathon Clinic. So it's all it's all done pretty much outside of school hours so it's a big commitment from the girls and we did say that from the start that this is you know this is something that you can't just drop in and out of you have to be here 100% of the time and I think they've done an amazing job of sticking to those goals and, and to that commitment that they've outlined from the start.
3: On that, it was the the same thing with our boys at Chezo It was it was an after school commitment, uh, and and the thing is, you know, initially trying to pull them in, it was um, basically you know selling it with uh, you know, oh, we'll give you these cool team uniforms, and we'll try and get you a, a, a pair of shoes, and and my kids, you know, went down to Tasmania, which was obviously a real big carrot, but the, the great thing was that. As time went on and they got into it and they uh, enjoyed the training sessions and they enjoyed going to events and, and meeting the, the running community, that they could see the rewards for the commitment and they started to focus on more, more of these, these intrinsic rewards rather than these carrots we were sort of dangling to, to lure them in in the first place. Uh, and yeah, so that, that was the cool thing that we saw about the program.
1: I was going to ask about the backgrounds of the kids, mainly the ethnic backgrounds. Are they coming from some diverse families?
3: Yeah, they are. You know, uh, so last year we had uh, four Afghani boys and one guy from uh, Somalia
4: um, they they are quite diverse. I mean, Evans High School and, and pretty much any school in Western Sydney is is quite multicultural and quite diverse in terms of ethnic backgrounds. So we've got we've got a a good mix of kids in our group. Um so Hannah is our beautiful girl from Sudan. Um Juliana just moved here a couple of months ago from Colombia, and then Marissa and Grace are both born here but um have um diverse backgrounds as well. So yeah it's um it's not necessarily the goal to to aim for um, specific ethnic backgrounds, but we do try to yeah we do try to sort of target students who are facing adversity um, and who have had to overcome some difficulties in their time um, because those are the kids that that really embrace these kind of programs i think
1: and what about their families are they comfortable with their kids trying something new the
4: the families are the families are amazing actually they're um they've been incredibly supportive of the program they've sort of just let us take their kids every week and you know go on all of these really hard runs and they've been very grateful that their kids have had this opportunity so um yeah we we I haven't actually come across any sort of issues with that at all they've um they've just embraced it
3: and I, I guess the, the thing is, you know, you you get to know these kids and, and you realise, uh, you know, talking about diversity, there's such a, a diversity of family situations too. And, you know, uh, one of the, the kids in my program would uh, tell me each week, basically give me the update of his phone call uh, to his, his mum in Afghanistan uh, between uh, when we last saw each other at training and... You know, here's, here's a guy who's only 18 years old and he's out here on his own with his, his parents still back there in Afghanistan, and, and, um, and that's his, his family situation. So it's, it's kind of interesting that, you know, we sort of started off with this, um, this goal of, of teaching these kids about resilience, and, and some of these kids, the resilience that they've shown just, just to be here, uh, it's, it's just extraordinary.
0: Do you find they're teaching you a lot?
3: Just in in terms of yeah things that they've taught us. I mean, uh, you know, running with one of the uh, running with one of Amanda's girls on on Saturday. Um, you know, I guess every time I step out and lace up, I'm I'm really aware of okay, what time am I going for today? And uh, and so with that in mind, when I'm pacing, you know, I'm encouraging and oh come on, you're on such and such a pace, and you can do this time and and about 2.5k about about halfway through the race she stopped and said i can't do it <laughs> and so you know it was just this uh reevaluation of okay let's um let's put myself in in her shoes and okay um let's let's go on and and, and finish this and i really had to sort of uh yeah it, it does teach you about pers- the the perspective on things and okay this is this is a challenge just just getting through this uh, rather than you know focusing on something which is quite an arbitrary and meaningless goal at, at, uh, when you think about it anyway
4: yeah yeah I think that's 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 along the lines of what i 've learned as well Every time I go out for a training run I, I myself am really focused on time and, and getting a PB but with these girls it's it's a distance they 've never conquered before, and I have to keep taking a stem. This is just, just them getting out there and running at a consistent pace and, and not stopping is so extraordinary. That, I mean, four months ago, they would never have even contemplated running 8Ks. So I'm always having to step out of my own shoes and recognize that, that it's not about how fast we're running. And it's, it's just about getting the, getting the run done and knowing that you can conquer that distance.
1: Well, Park Run is only 5K. How and you've been running at the ponds and roads? How have the kids enjoyed the parkrun experience?
4: They've they've really loved the parkrun experience. It's been one of the most positive things I think we've done with this program this year. Um, I initially started out at roads. Um, Uh, because it's it's the park run that I was familiar with and I knew it was a nice flat course and I knew it was a fast course and the the community vibe there was so extraordinary that I was like I want these girls to experience this kind of running community so we went there and we were welcomed with open arms they wrote um go Evans high girls on the road at the two and a half k mark and um cheered them on as they as they were running along and um And we enjoyed it so much so that within a few weeks I'd organized another excursion to take them again to Rhodes Park Run. And it wasn't until I was there that someone said to me, hey, did you know that the Ponds Park Run is closer to the girls? And I was like, oh, my goodness, there's another one over in Ponds. So we organized for um, the girls to go there. And, again, the, the running community there just embraced us and were really encouraging and really supportive and it's just this is the thing that these girls haven't necessarily ever been exposed to is this, this positive, healthy, fantastic community of people that are so so wonderful to each other. And I'm really glad that the, there is this free forum for them to continue to run after they've finished the Run Beyond, you know, that I know they'll go back there and I know they'll try and smash out a new time each time they go. So, yeah, it's, it's very exciting.
0: I'm, we don't have a lot of teenagers running at the local park runs that, I, that I'm at frequently and it's it seems to be this gap. You have a lot of kids that come along with their parents until they're old enough to say no and their parents won't argue with them anymore and then they start coming again sort of when, when they go to uni but there's this gap in the middle where we do have a couple but we don't have too many. Is there anything that you guys... Have learnt through your experiences that you think we could use at Parkrun to attract more high school kids.
4: I think I think get the schools involved. Um, if, ever since we started mentioning Parkrun at the assemblies, because we we give the girls a certificate every time they complete a Parkrun, and we hand it out at the assembly and congratulate them on their achievements during the race. And it was only after that that one of the boys in my Year Ten classes um, came up to me and said, "Hey." Can I come with you guys on the next park run? And so he actually joined us um, on Saturday when we did the the run at the ponds. And um, this, I said to him at the beginning, "Do you do you know how um, how fast you might do this five k in?" And um, because it's there's the ponds is seated And he said, "Oh, I have no idea." And I said, "Oh, well, you know, maybe stick between the twenty four and the twenty seven. Maybe you can go a bit faster than that." He came twelfth and did it in twenty minutes in the end and, um, and had no idea that he was even capable of doing that at the start. And I think it's just the exposure to the high schools and, and letting them know that these things are available to them. Um, you know, hopefully other teachers will think, hey, this is a really positive thing that I can take my kids on and, and that's how the word will get out there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to be promoting it um, as a continual thing when the Run Beyond project ends because I, I believe in Park Run and I believe it's been an asset to this program as well.
3: And it's just uh, I think an awareness that it's uh, it's probably a, a cultural thing. Um, you know the, there's not really this culture of "Oh let's get up on a Saturday morning and, and go for a run and <laughs> and and creating an awareness is, is part of what this is about and fostering those gateways and it's It's great that we've been able to do that on a small scale and and we're hoping that that will will increase in future. Um, and definitely the fact that the kids have been so welcomed at at parkrun uh really has um enabled that to um to be something that that we think will continue in future so fingers crossed
1: sounds positive good luck with all that dave and amanda mel and i are big fans of what you're doing so good luck with everything
3: in the future and thanks for coming thank you guys and we're likewise big fans of Parkrun. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you. On Instagram this week, we had Tanya RR sharing a great video with us. It was a holiday in 40 seconds with 40 sounds. She obviously ran in Singapore at Singapore Park Run and it looks like she had an amazing adventure on her holiday. I love the way she has compiled it all in just little one second grabs of, of the whole time. You know, I think if parents-in-laws could do that, then holiday snaps would be a lot easier to go through.
1: Underscore PK was at Mount Barker Park Run again. Great weather for ducks and parkrun adventurers, especially those recovering from 51st birthday celebrations.
0: Do you take that to mean that underscore PK had a birthday himself, or he was just celebrating somebody else's celebrations?
1: That's a good question, Mel.
0: Let's wish him a happy birthday, just in case.
1: Yep. You sing happy birthday. Ready, set.
0: (gasps) No, no. I've never agreed to singing on the podcast yet. I'm not sure it will ever happen. But happy birthday, underscore PK, if it was indeed your birthday this weekend. Dirty Cheaters were out and about again. Dirty Cheaters on tour this time. M. Botto was at Curl Curl Park Run and Dora... No, I'm going to get this wrong. Dorata Asino at Hobart Park Run. Congrats to... Zippy Rainbow from Curl Curl on 100 Park Runs. They had great jump shots. They can get some serious air, these guys. The top one was totally photobombed by a toddler wearing a hoodie, though, and lying on the ground beside them. It, it even had little
1: ears. It was very cute. Expat runner. Family complete at Kilkenny Park Run this week. And they got some special attention from, for visiting from Australia. What does that mean, family complete? at Kilkenny Park Run this week?
0: I'm pretty sure it means the whole family were there at Park Run. They had a a good set in the photo.
1: Okay. Or did they complete a family of Park Runs?
0: What what would be a family of Park Runs?
1: (laughs) Maybe Kilkenny's the dad and another Park Run in New Zealand is the mum. Maybe you were right. Maybe it's just the whole family was there. Let's go with that. Okay,
0: (laughs) Ben Brockman was at Greenwich Park Run for his fifth different park run in five weeks this weekend, but he forgot his barcode, so he wants to know, does that really count? I would be tempted to log that as a freedom run. If you didn't get to get get scanned in officially, you may as well have done it as an unofficial run. Is that allowed? What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's not the same though.
0: No, it's not the same. You're just going to have to stay there for an extra week. The UK will have to keep you, Ben.
1: Running Optimistic shared a pick of nine runners, all sporting GCAM Marathon and Half Marathon finisher shirts. They were celebrating success.
0: And they all looked very happy about it. So great job, guys, for finishing up at GCAM. They don't give those shirts out to the DNFs. Are you sure? Yes. You... Don't get those shirts until you cross the finish line. Hey, TJ shared a post, Freedom Run Run Fee. They just completed their Reverse Park Run Challenge at Gels. And that is a little sneaky peek of what's to come next week when we share the Reverse Freedom Run Challenge audio with everybody.
1: Yes, we're giving you another week just for people to catch up on listening to the episode. But we did get some, so we look forward to. Sharing them with you all next week. Macgirl nineteen was at Torrens Park Run, with a lovely pic of the River Torrens. It Was saying good morning Adelaide.
0: Ostwin mama shared a pic the day before the Gold Coast Half two thousand sixteen. Uh, some some of these pics on Instagram were shared a little bit after we recorded last week, so we're still playing catch up. And said that they park walked at Broadbeach Waters and it was tough watching all the runners fly past as they walked their first ever park run.
1: It's okay to walk park run.
0: Absolutely. But it was just the first one. So I guess, you know, old habits die hard. They must have been saving their legs for their half the next day though. And that's the wise thing to do.
1: Let's head over to Facebook where Alan Connolly, he had a great morning of park run tourism. I think he meant parkrun adventuring for him and a bit of volunteering for Kerry at Cobram Parkrun.
0: Well, they got the volunteering right, loving it. Brendan Schollery had a bit of a big post to share this weekend. He said, those of you that really know me understand that I am truly passionate about parkrun. I believe in parkrun's ability to change people's lives and I believe in parkrun's power to help people overcome their fears. Today, Parkrun helped me overcome one of mine. Obviously, that fear for him was getting a tattoo. You've seen this pic, right, Scotty?
1: Yes, I have. What did you think? Good on you, Brendan. I love Parkrun, but it's not something I'd do.
0: Yeah, I think inking might actually test my commitment to Parkrun also.
1: Because there and it was raised, there is the possibility that we might change the logo.
0: <laughs> that's all right. They have shows for that nowadays, don't they, where they go and the tattoo artists do some kind of creative cover of a previous, you know, bad tattoo.
1: We're not saying this is a bad tattoo. No, no. <laughs> this is I'm a great. Sure as far as tattoos go, this is the best one I've ever seen.
0: Our listeners don't know what it is, though. So. We haven't explained it to them. You did say logo.
1: It's the parkrun tree on Brendan's ankle.
0: And it's quite large. It's not an inconspicuous tree.
1: Well, Brendan is an ED, so he's coming on the pod soon. And we'll hear all about it. Wrapping up on Facebook, a Mr Tim Oberg was calling for help. He needed help from his running friends. He was having IT issues with a GPS device.
0: I do love that when people call for help, they, they hashtag Park Run Adventurous.
1: <laughs> like we're going to come to the rescue.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can try. But we didn't. <laughs> well, no, I I, off, I I offered my husband's assistance. That's kind of the same thing, right?
1: I said get a TomTom.
0: Look, I still haven't managed to, to figure out how to get my runs off my current GPS onto... Strava at the moment so I'm doing it by stages I'm certainly not the person who's going to help Tim with his his uh GPS issues
1: we need to get Mr Strava on the pot.
0: yeah that would be a good idea or Mrs Strava
1: do we have any cake this week or do we have any launches this week I think we do
0: we do indeed. We've got two in two very exciting states that don't get them all the time anymore. You guys in Victoria have been taking a lot of the limelight in recent months. But this week we've got launches in South Australia at Renmark Park Run and in Queensland at Meadowbrook Park Run. It's been a good long while since we've had a launch in Queensland.
1: Are you sure that's Meadowbrook? Midi Albrook.
0: Mead. Albrook. No, I'm pretty confident it's Meadowbrook.
1: Yeah, where's Meadowbrook? It's in Brisbane. So city park run?
0: Well, it's one of the outer suburbs of Brisbane, but it's closer to Brisbane than it is to the Sunshine Coast. So I would would say, oh, don't make me make a comment on the geography of it exactly, because I'll get it wrong and I don't want to offend anyone this week.
1: Okay, let's move on to anniversaries. And we've got Noosa. They're having their second anniversary, but celebrating onesie style. They are, and
0: I, I think this is a fantastic theme this week because last year Noosa's anniversary was freezing. And it was an 80s theme, which was amazing, and I ran in a plastic costume, so I got quite warm anyway. But I know a lot of the other runners were still a little bit chilly. So I think onesies are a fabulous idea for a winter parkrun anniversary. Good job, Noosa.
1: don't believe this it was freezing in noosa
0: i wore gloves and my hands were still frozen most of the way around the course when they launched in noosa in noosa it's it's a shady course in the bush what are you talking about in noosa just because it's sunshiny all the time doesn't mean it can't get cold it's called the
1: sunshine coast
0: it yeah it's not called the hot coast you Victorians don't have any kind of monopoly over the cold weather.
1: No, because I know we share it with Armadale and they're having their second anniversary this weekend. So come in your best or worst headwear. And if you need some inspiration, what would you think, Mel? Your favorite beanie?
0: Well, that would be that would be my best, I guess. I don't know what I I don't have any worst headwear. I do have a lot of hats and wigs. An antennae. Sombrero? Well, I think we've had this discussion in the past, and I'm pretty confident you've got multiple sombreros.
1: And I don't. So I don't know what conversation that was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Is that with another Scott you do a podcast with? It could be. Yeah, that's that's the Tuesday
0: Scott. I
1: like him. I like the sound of him.
0: <laughs> He's got a lot of sombreros. <laughs> He must be a fun guy. He's a a resourceful guy too.
1: (laughs) Good to have around in anniversary season. Exactly. Anyway, that's it. Good show.
0: They're always good shows, Scotty. I enjoyed it this week. Oh, you say it like you don't enjoy it every week.
1: I do. This week in particular. Next week, I think I'm going to enjoy that too. Special guest that we're not going to mention. You're heading up for another powwow my beautiful wife is celebrating her hundredth this week so that's all a bit exciting lots of adventures to be had on next week's show